So oh. can I just say I love, I love and hate, but I like the time of winter in Chicago where you have to leave your faucets dripping so that the pipes don't freeze. Because oh. then when you turn on your water, it's already hot, so you don't wash your hands in cold water. It's great. Our faucets are always hot. We run out of cold. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah we run out of cold water. Make believe. Money. Make believe. Money. Three fine folks discuss fictional finance. Make believe. Money. Welcome to Make Believe Money. I'm Liz. I'm Damon. I'm Dan. What are we talking about today, Dan? The boxcar children. Oh, that old standby. Literally that old standby. Literally old. It was written in like the 20s. Yeah. My favorite thing about this is the the book copy that I borrowed has the the 90s cover with the kids in like blazers and like stonewashed jeans. <laughs> and and then I'm reading this book and I come across the illustration and it's like a a weird like print of two very prim looking children in a little teacup but i'm like oh wait a minute <laughs> yeah there's been some lot because they like did it in the 20s rewrote or like republished them in the 40s mm-hmm. and then have since republished them but like it didn't get touched again until the 40s where they actually made some not major but like actual story revisions and then since then it's just been republished over and over again the same way but just with stonewashed jeans or not yeah. <laughs> How many books are there and are the most recent ones actually set in like the 90s? I don't know when no. the ones are actually set, but there's a lot. Uh, I think the actual author, the original author, wrote like the is first... Dead. F- is super dead. <laughs> that, is, that is correct, sir. It's <laughs> almost 100 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> uh, um, I think she wrote like 15 to 17 of them. That I'll seems find like plenty. it here. Um, actually, I should probably go to her. Her page instead of the actual books page. Do do do. She died in seventy nine. Actually, oh, she lived a long time. When was she born? Oh, she. Oh, never mind. Ninety years. I thought that was a hundred years. Still, ninety is a yeah. good long time. Yeah. When she was born in the eighteen nineties. I mean, she lived out of infancy. So. <laughs> That's a win. That's I a win. Mean, I laugh only because it's absolutely true. She wrote the original nineteen. Okay. Of them, and I'm still looking for how many of them there is, but it is a great many. So we can keep going while okay. I look that up. You look that up. Damon, tell me about Boxcar Children. There are <clears throat> 145 mysteries and 21 special series. Holy shoot. So it's a lot. I knew that because I have a shelf at home from my childhood that has many of them. Not 145, but probably like the first 50 of them. I had, yeah, I was going to say, I had like 50 or 60 of them. When was I the think. last one written? Look that up, Dan. <laughs> Welcome to questions. the Wikipedia page for the Boxcar, Boxcar children. children. I just got questions. Enjoy listening to me, Google. Uh, the last one written was in 2018. Wow. And it looks to be 149, so that other Wikipedia page has not been updated since these came out. Dang, that they're still writing Boxcar Kids. And it's been pretty consistent. So she wrote it in 24, reissued in 42, then it seemed to get popular because then she wrote the original 19 through the 1970s. So she was publishing pretty consistently every couple years. Uh-huh. And then there was a break till 91. And then between 91 and now, basically, they've written the other 100 and 
15 of them. This makes sense why it was so big when we were kids. That does make sense. Yeah, I mean, it seems like they're in a perpetually popular thing, or at least popular enough that someone's continuing to produce them, so... Interesting. Interesting. I wonder like how they modernize it in the most recent ones. Like if they are they if they're actually they're... modern or if they're pretending they're from the forties still. I bet they're not. I bet It'd they're nineties be kids. Yeah. Uh Damon, tell us about the plot. Um the plot is that there are four orphaned, uh seemingly not all that bright children who solve <laughs> mysteries okay, they, that they just, there was an opinion injected in there. <laughs> they just make a lot of assumptions about things. Yeah. About things and like how the world works and like before they did not get set up very well early. No, this seems like every adult in their life also withholds information until the absolute like point of necessity. (laughs) Um, But pretty much like they become orphaned um, due to very tragic circumstances in the first book. That's one of the changes in the '40s version. You just like it starts with them wandering. They're orphans. Oh. In the 20s, in the 20s versions, version, you know how their parents die. That's the version that I've just read. Uh-huh. Because uh, I read the 40s version. I was reading, oh. I was reading like, what changed? And it was like, well, they don't, like, talk about the parents' grim death. And I was like, yeah, they do not. You are correct. Dark. The mom's already dead, and the story at the very, like, first couple of pages is told from the perspective of like the neighbors who watch them move into a house and they're like wow that dad looks like he's about to drop dead from alcoholism and then they're right he does <laughs> he super dies maybe like a week or two after they move into this house see you don't get that from the 40s version because they're already orphaned and like they only speak very kindly of their parents and like oh. have this longing that they their parents could have lived. No, the little, the that oldest girl sense, has though. all of his money and she goes out to buy some bread and then she comes back from buying bread. That's the only time they've, the neighbors have seen the kids is like when they move in and that little girl buying bread and the next day the little girl comes to the neighbor's door and is like, excuse me, miss, my dad's dead. And like, <laughs> Go and help her clean it up. <laughs> that makes more sense though because um, in both versions, I believe, they have a wealthy grandfather. Spoiler, mm-hmm. that's a lot of what we're going to talk yeah. about. But they don't want to go live with him because they have this impression that he's mean. Yeah, they and said... And you get the impression that it's the maternal grandfather and yes. the father didn't like him. Yes. So now... Yeah. The grandfather wasn't happy that his uh, daughter married say, his Now dad. this is making more sense that like the grandfather was probably bad talked about the father after the mother died because he didn't like the father because the father was a raging alcoholic. Absolutely. Ah! Yeah. It's all coming together. I get Wait. this. They run away because the 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 lady who's like taking care of them is like, I guess I'll stay with you guys for the night because you don't have any fucking parents. And then like as they're falling asleep, she like leans out the window and talks to her husband is like, I'm going to take him to their granddad because obviously and the dad, the guy's like, oh, sure. And they're like, oh, we can't. And they leave in the middle of the night and then everybody spends time trying to find them and you hear i don't know if this is in the 40s version but like a carriage goes by and it's got the like lady from before in it and she's talking to another dude and she's like i feel like we've done enough we've looked for them like <laughs> kind of everywhere i think we're rid of them finally and like and all the kids are like phew we escaped and like they were not trying very hard to look for you you don't get in that, fairness actually. we didn't start looking for lost children until like 1987 <laughs> yeah. so like amber oh, alert gosh. in the past was just do you think uh, they're gone? Let's hope they don't come back. Well, he probably moved off on his own. <laughs> um, no, I don't know if this happens in the 20s book, because that does not happen in the 40s book. What they do do, I said do do, <laughs> is they go to this a... This is a book for children. They go to a, they, they go to a bakery and um, offer to like work for them. Oh, yeah. they don't do that. Um, and the baker and it's more the mean baker's wife are like, great, 
that's fine. Like, we don't really like kids, but we're totally okay if you want to do that. And then they hear them over talking in the night that they say, well, the little one is no good for working. They're too small. So we'll take that one to the orphanage and keep the other three. And they were like, we cannot be separated. That's darker. We're all flee. And then yeah. you do get a carriage going by them hiding in the woods, but it's much more Oliver Twist of like, we need to find those kids so they take can work the for free. And so we can sell off the little one and have them work for free in our bakery. Okay, so that makes, you see, this makes more so sense. So it's not better, it's just a different kind of terrible. I was going to say, because reading this in the book, I'm like, these kids mm-hmm. are over-interpreting how much anyone cares about them at all. <laughs> <laughs> like, you could have, like, left out in front of them and been like, nah, never mind, we'll take care of ourselves. And they would have been like, cool, no skin off our nose. <laughs> yeah. No, in this one, they want to use them as slave labor. So they're actively looking for them, but more gotcha. from a, we'll chain them to the kitchen, I guess, or something. They that don't really go into the sense. details of how they're going to keep three children I might run away from up, that more. But, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But anyway, the kids buy loaves of bread just with money that their dead dad gave them. Not even gave them. She just took it. Oh, again, <laughs> different. From his pockets. Uh, in the his 40s version, the oldest boy, like, goes into town and does odd jobs. He for does that, year. too. But we don't hear... Well, at least where I've read to in the book, he we don't know what he's been doing. He just goes to town to work. Oh, they talk about it in the other one, but it's like it's you know he Random, like weeds a garden yeah. and paints a fence. Yeah, and Tom Sawyer's it up. Picks cherry tree like cherries off of cherry trees and does. I mean, it's it's literally just odd, odd jobs. jobs. Nothing he sinister. He throws a metal hat and murders people. Odd jobs. Yes, odd jobs. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Which, by the way, if you're playing him in '64, that's cheap. We all know it. <laughs> uh, that's where this podcast comes down on that. <laughs> We make a clear stand right now. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. So I guess that's the basic plot, right? These well, we kids run talk away. About how it ends. I haven't gotten there, so someone else <laughs> okay. I'll have to do that. Damon, you remember how it ends? Uh. The the oldest boy winds up working for a man who works for their grandfather on accident, right? Not like, directly, but like he works for a guy who knows who his grandfather is. He works yeah. for this doctor, seemingly now semi, not semi permanently, but like kind of permanently. Yeah. And at one point there's like a harvest. So all four kids go into town to help. And he's like, that's what triggers him to be like, wait, four kids, four children. Wasn't there oh. four missing children? It's like more specific oh, than see. just like a boy. Cause the oldest boy seemingly is like old enough that he could just be kind of like rambling down the road. And that doesn't seem like the <laughs> craziest thing in this time period. Uh, but four of them, including this tiny little one, also, he, like, Benny. follows the boy back one day and, like, figures out their boxcar that they're living in. He was going to murder him, but there's then like he a, realized there's more <laughs> There is, like, a tense scene where there are, like, Witnesses. sounds happening outside of the boxcar. And yeah. they're, like, it must be an animal. And it turns out, like, the doctor had followed him home. And was oh. like, these four children. But they're getting along all right. Otherwise, I would, like, leave them. He, like, lets them live in the woods in this boxcar. <laughs> they're doing fine, and it's almost the depression. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, because he's like, well, it's all fine. I guess. What's the chance they get eaten by a bear? There's literally still worse things that could be happening to you, so you're fine right here. I do feel like like this book series should really be titled Not My Job. (laughs) Kind of. (laughs) But that that also doesn't change. Like, to wrap it up really quick, like, ultimately this doctor winds up getting them connected with their grandfather, who is ultimately, like, a really chill dude and, like, like drags their boxcar into his backyard so that they can continue to like live in it or at least use it as a playhouse. Use it as like a playhouse. No dirty children in the house. You stay out there. (laughs) No, it is like a, they live in the house for a while and are really enjoying it. But they, so basically we didn't really talk about the boxcar, but as they're fleeing these various bad guys, they find an old boxcar in the woods and like fix it up. Yeah. Yeah. Like they find 
things in a dump that they can like repurpose and clean and they like they pick up little things from town based on this older kid's odd job and they turn it into like their little house and then they adopt a dog they find wandering the woods like you do yeah they yeah. even um, make like a little fridge out of like a pool off the brook which yeah at the time like running wa- been cold running water incredibly dangerous thing to do what taking a dog? dog just taking a random dog oh yeah. like, it's still an incredibly dangerous thing to do well, but at least we have easy access to rabies shots the little girl was like well if the dog's tail is wagging that means he likes you and the dog's tail was wagging she's like i'll pet his head mm. and i'm like if the dog's tail is wagging it means they're excited and it could be bad don't put your mouth you in your meat. mouth <laughs> it could be meat also, even if the dog is lovely, that doesn't mean it's not bringing any number of fleas, at least de- yeah. diseases that could be of serious consequence to you. Gangrene on its little foot. But yeah, what happens is um, yeah, one that's of the, the kids... fourth one where Benny gets Lyme disease. <laughs> <laughs> Benny eats so much food in this book. <laughs> Benny is an unstoppable force. <laughs> like they're like Benny, please, we only have so much milk, and he's like, I'm a baby, feed me. <laughs> I will drink more milk. He just doesn't get it. Benny's like, I'm fussy now. I shall be fed. Um, yeah, what winds up happening is uh, one of the girls gets sick, and so they have to bring her into town, and mm. the doctor is like, okay, Fuck she's this. like pretty sick. This maybe isn't fun anymore. Yeah, maybe like... it's time for you to not live in the woods anymore. Oh, no. Because uh, it's implied they're like in New England somewhere, so like maybe yeah. a boxcar in the woods. In, in, in the, the New England winter? I don't think yeah. it happens in the winter, but like he, I think he's also just like, Huh. I guess maybe this isn't sustainable yeah. when it's like negative 10 outside. So here's your grandpa. When they leave, it sounds like it's summertime, maybe. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I think this yeah. whole progression happens in summer. Yeah, because like blueberries are ripe. So maybe early And fall. cherries. They pick cherries yeah. too. So like, yeah. It's yeah. weird. I have a lot of sense memories of like reading this book like and like tying like the sensations of what they're explaining. Yeah, like, I'm so, so interested to hear our ratings, actually. Do you want to start that? Yeah, sure. let's do that, because I think we we nailed the plot, actually, pretty seamlessly this time for nice once. Good job, everyone. I don't think that... So anyway, I want to talk about pickles for a minute. Want to hear more about my thoughts <laughs> no, about Shakespeare? No, I have nothing. I just <laughs> a tangent, because we hadn't yet. It feels wrong. Uh, <laughs> um, so I read a lot of these. I think there's still, like, 40 of them, like, kicking around my parents' house somewhere. Um, but like they are pretty delightful little stories. They're like not as like mysterious as like Hardy Boys or even like um, what's the the little girl one? Um, the little girl one, um, the uh, Sweet Valley High no, or no. Nancy no. Drew. Nancy, Nancy Drew. Drew. Thank yeah. you. Um, it's not as like the mystery like isn't always like the point of it, but sure. like the later ones become more like mystery novel. Like it's what kids as like it goes in along. the nineties. Um, but. Um, I enjoyed it, like, I think just because it was, like, it was, like, an easy accomplishment to, like, read one as a child, yeah. you know? Um, These did a but, lot for my, like, enjoyment of reading because yeah. it didn't, like, it felt, yeah, it, it gamification, basically. It felt joyous to finish one and doable on my own without yeah. my parents at some point and, like, a thing I could do. And, like, your collection grew. I think there were a lot of, like, right. long yeah. series Right, got more then. of them and, like, it just didn't feel like, my parents reading to me or like I was slogging through something that was insurmountable. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's a lot of it. Cause like, I don't know, there's nothing. Well, they were written by a first grade teacher and yeah. like, I think they, she determined she was going to use like 600 easy to understand. It's written to be, there's a rule to it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like 400 or 600 words that she picked out that she's like, 
these are the words I will use because kids can jive with these words. Kids yeah. can jive with these words. And that's the first uh, in the dedication the to all children everywhere. I hope you jive with this book. <laughs> I hope you jive with this book. Um, Blessings. But otherwise, like aside from like the vague mystery of it, like there's not a lot of like, like it's just a bunch of kids and their rich grandpa like gallivanting around for the rest of the series like they will uh they become more mystery as they go on like the ones she actually wrote like this one is an origin story and then after that like they don't really even become known as a mystery series until later until the the later ones become more formulaic and they're like okay here's what we'll do we'll present a mystery every time but like the first several are just like hijinks yeah, kids being kids. Well, and yeah, I think like, I think I'm I'm maybe projecting the mystery part on it of like but again, kids who don't understand the thing that's happening, right? And, and that then they learn me interpreting that as a mystery more than anything. And again, well, they oh no, get like into like as they go later. The other reason is like when we were reading them, a lot of them that were being written are like mysteries. No, yeah, yeah. capital. I mean, they're not, but they're capital M mysteries, if you will. In the beginnings, it's just like kids wander around and stuff happens to them yeah and yeah. sometimes that's mysterious sometimes it's just like silly whatever you know what i mean that reminds me a little bit like not to, well not to tip my hat toward my own rating but i didn't really read these i read the bailey school kids and that's a similar sort of like well those were all i was really into the spooky stuff and those were mysteries that were spooky it was like my teacher's a vampire kind of thing or like the kids were confronted with an adult who seemed like they were a monster. A and in the end, she like, no, well, I was big on Goosebumps. Me but too. this one was like, um, these are normal kids and they were investigating like a creepy seeming teacher. Is this the, my teacher's a, my teacher's like a vampire or like my gym teacher's a swamp monster? Well, my teacher's an alien is a different series. Oh, okay. But this was, and I read those too. Ghostbusters okay. did have a little bit of that though. Ghostbusters. Like it was rarely. Ghostbusters? Ghostbusters. <laughs> uh, Goosebumps, excuse me. Goosebumps. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Uh, where, like, in almost every one, it was the kids who were left to, like, you know, it was generally yeah. parent got, Something parent happened. turned out being wrong, or parent, no one believes the kid. parent disappeared, yeah, kids yeah. saw it, so, like, And they misinterpreted what happened, and it turns out to be this thing. Yeah. Right? And with Goosebumps, it just always was horrifying. With Bailey School Kids, I can't remember if they actually, I think it usually is, like, a, a wink and a nod to, like, they actually were spooky, but you, uh... Like, they weren't allowed to tell anybody about X-Files it. X-Files style. Kind of. Like the real explanation was that it wasn't a weather balloon, but everyone, yeah. let's just say it's a weather balloon. It's so right. Lovecraftian, like, to confront, like, the true reality of it would be incomprehensible, so you're just going to live with the... <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of these kids confronting their own existential dread. <laughs> yeah. But it was, like, my, I think my lunch lady is a, is a Cupid, like, that kind of thing. I remember she was Cupid, for sure. And, like, sure. the gym teacher's a vampire, or gym teacher werewolf. Like. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, damn it, we but kind yeah, of you're went, no, we, yeah. we overrode you. I don't know if we ever got a, a number out of you. So, like, I mean, like, there was a point in time where, like, you know, uh, eight-year-old me, this would have been, like, a nine. But, like, it's been 20 years since I've, like, looked at one. Um, now you so, know like, how old Damon is. You just I would need to say, collect three more pieces of information to steal his identity. <laughs> <laughs> My social security number is. <laughs> um, that's a freebie. Uh <laughs> But I would say, just like, you know, I am the only one here who hasn't picked up the book in the last two weeks, and, like, I was able to provide all that information just from right. sense memory, you know? So, like, uh, I'll still rock, like, a four, I think, just, okay. like, of what I recall 
Yeah. I bet you you'd even be slightly higher than that. I but think so. Yeah, it like when when confronted with context for everything, like things click together very easily for me. With I it. bet you if I'd stopped you and ten other people on the corner, you would have one of the better knowledges of it. But I could be wrong. Depending on how old you were. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah, that's their. That's yeah, if it was saying. me like, and a bunch of nine-year-olds, like the nine-year-olds would probably have it. But like, I don't know. I don't. Do they read that anymore? I mean, again, if they're still coming out, somebody's reading them. I don't yeah, know who true. it is, but like, they wouldn't be making them if they weren't selling them, right? That's a good point, Dan. Uh, I mean, very similar to Damon. I had forty, fifty, sixty of them, some obscene amount of them, probably more, including the library, and read them, you know, cover to cover through. I don't maybe not repeatedly, and some of them probably repeatedly. So I know, at some point I would have been an eight or a nine. Mm-hmm. Now I'm probably wherever Damon is, which I would have put probably at a five or a six. But if he's going four, some whatever that is, I'll yeah, take myself to it's Damon. Give one or of those take. like I need a li- I need a seed to like get me like yeah, to remember to everything. But like yeah, and if you asked me like what was number three about, I couldn't tell you. Sure. But if you started telling me, well, there's the one where he did this, I might be able to pull some of it, or at the least I know the characters enough to like probably outline the sketch of how this would have gone down you yeah know what i mean like like i have a very like i have weird like very distinct memories of reading them like there's one where like they explain the concept of what it means to be downwind from something and like with farts no it was like it was like they were trying to cross a field but they there was like a like a bull in the field that they were afraid of and they're like we have to cross up here like to where it won't be able to smell us sure and like that just seemed like a like a groundbreaking concept for me, <laughs> like <laughs> that, like you could use wind to like deceive a creature. <laughs> like, <laughs> you can use wind to deceive. Uh, of course, <laughs> it's been in front of me the whole time. Martha, I'll be I'll be in the workshop. No distractions. That's <laughs> <laughs> blowing air. Um. So you said you were a four. But I am the same way. Where I have you're... certain very select scenes that I like, yeah. distinctly remember. Yeah. Like learning a thing that I would have never known otherwise from how they handle a situation. Yeah. And yeah. then the rest of it just is a general maze where, you know, it's just the same <laughs> plot over and over and over again. Yeah, just a bunch of children like behaving in ways that like I didn't fully comprehend because I didn't realize how old some of these books were. And yeah. I didn't like, realize it even until I like did this research. I knew it was old, but yeah. I would have guessed like fifties or sixties to realize it was in the twenties and then restarted again in the 40s yeah kind of baffling mine was like kind of like 50s or 60s like i always knew that it was like odd that like they never talked about like television or even like the radio mm-hmm. and i thought that, that was strange um then uh, like that yeah, let's go tied it to we'll just watch ninja turtles man yeah. like, how hard like, is this we have Be cable chill. come on <laughs> it's saturday <laughs> I lifted an N64 from that store. We're but good. I probably thought that you could buy all that stuff for like a dollar because like. Well, I had a real, real concept of money until I was like 12. So. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, Liz? Did you say your number? I did. You said I like said, a five or six. I said eight oh. or nine at one point, five, five or six, six now. now, which is I think where Damon should be. So I'm yeah. playing myself very similarly. I agree. Uh, I think I'm probably less than a one because I've read one half to one third of this book so far um, now as an adult. Uh, and I never read them when I was a kid because I was really into spooky stuff. Uh, I read um, Goosebumps and Bailey School Kids. And You're actually at a point zero zero three three five six. There it is. That's half <laughs> divided by 149. Yikes. Uh, so Hate to tell you. Not doing great, but I'll be along for the ride. Um, <laughs> but this does make me think, like, there were a bunch of books that I really liked when I was a kid. There were, like, a couple, like, one was, like, these kids run away and they decide to live in a mall and they, like, make that work. Except that there's 
There's also like haunted mannequins that are like they're people, but they turn into mannequins. We get it. If there wasn't a spooky aspect, you weren't into really it. Into it. But there was this book called The Egypt Game that reminds me a lot of this, where it's like just a bunch of kids who live in a city and they find a like an alleyway lot that they turn into like their own ancient Egypt because they were learning about it in school. Sure. And, like it makes me feel like I missed out because I think I would have liked listening to kids be resourceful and like make a little life because I loved like little well, house building. What did you say the title of that was? The Egypt Game. The Egypt Game sounds like a Clive Barker novel. <laughs> <laughs> Very different. Yeah, I imagine. <laughs> if you want, uh, I know somewhere where you could get 40 to 50 of them if you want to relive, like have a second go at your childhood. But why? How much would that cost, Dan? Uh, it would take you, and it would probably take you about a week if you put your if mind to it to, to get through like, all of them. Mind. Yeah, I mean... Literally, call it maybe 45 minutes a book. So you need, take a week off and you could be as, illiter- as literate as on illiterate these as, as you want to be. Damon and I. I think that I look forward to the day where I can take my kids to the library and point out these books to them, but I'll let What's them do library? it. What's a library? Oh, God. <laughs> where I can bring them on Amazon and Ugh. scroll through all the titles of Boxcar no, Children books. library forever. I agree. Um, go visit your local library. Tell them we sent you. Give them a fiver. Give them a fiver. They have 3D printers now. Directly to the library. Here's my not. I'm not going to make that promise for your library. And but a lot, a lot of, of city libraries have yeah. 3D printers and like after school programs and, and you can sometimes borrow video games. Yeah. Which is pretty sick. Anyway, so my rating is a point whatever. Uh, but I zero, think it was zero, fun. Three. Zero, zero, three. Thanks. Uh, what are we talking about money-wise though? So we're just going to kind of go through the money of this book because when I realized how old it is, it got me thinking about inflation again and <laughs> just some of the wackiness with which they like picked at these numbers. Yeah. Um, that's one thing we're going to talk about. The, from the first book? From the first book. Okay. Specifically the first book. I went through yeah. all of the mentions of money in the first book and just translated them that I think is interesting. Well, that must have taken you one hour. <laughs> Approximately. <laughs> the other thing I want to talk about, I think this book may be a treatise against child labor laws. against child labor laws so these children are often put to work and it like definitely glorifies like industrious Industrious children like productive children who earned their own way in the world and like just basic like get to it rub like elbow grease know-how and for context there's two laws that prevented child labor they were passed in the nineteen in 1918 and 1922, and both were declared unconstitutional. Um, then there was another one in 24 that the states didn't ratify. So it didn't. There was no child labor laws until 1938. This book was released in 24. So yeah. after the first two had been struck down by the Supreme Court, and there was one that was getting the states were fighting against actively. So, like, this would be right in the timeline where if she had an opinion on child labor, it would be, like, you know, kind of, like, authors authors (laughs) are influenced by what is happening around them, right? And, like, there's something to be said about society that there's so many apocalyptic books right now. There's something to be said about a society that there was so many whatever books ten years ago. And, like, I definitely think she was firmly putting her foot on the scale of, no, children should be allowed to work. It's like how we keep them productive members of society and what would they do without the black lung, I guess. Yeah, um, this is reminding me 
quick tangent, but not so much. In middle school, we did History Day, which I don't know if you guys did History Day. It was like a... Yes, when I had history class. Competition for history. Yeah, like you would like enter into a thing. We entered in as a documentary series, or series, documentary. And we did a documentary about this court case, Hammer versus Dagenhart, where like they came down in favor of child labor. It was like... probably one of these. I didn't get the exact names of the laws. It was from 1918, and they were like... Yeah, it would have been the first of these laws then that got passed, and then the Supreme Court went, no, 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 let our children work. (laughs) Yeah, and they were like... How dare you take away the right of children to work? Exactly. Those, like, it was... uh, The Dagenhart, I think, were the family that was being represented that like the, the kid needed to work to support the family. And the, the dad of the family was like, we know it's not fair, but we need the money. And like, uh, they were like, you're right. Let kids work. Well, and they <laughs> did eventually like cave on some things. Like a lot of the reason we make old, older times sound much crueler, which they certainly were. But so a lot of it was also that this was agriculture based where you actually needed kids yeah. to work on the yeah. farm. A, now farms are much more bigger and institutionalized and there's more tech. But the other thing is, even in the current child labor laws, there's like exemptions for... There's all kinds of exemptions uh, for... Working specifically in agriculture. Yeah. Sure. There's also some if you're working for your parents and some other things. But like specifically that actually wound up being what they needed to like loophole to... Because just like the agricultural lobby was so strong that they were like, no, kids are going to work or people are going to go hungry. Yeah. Take your pick. And this particular court case was about um, coal mining... Uh, but there was also like a tied into it was like sweatshop work mm-hmm. from like mm-hmm. those two things. Not so much. Yeah. Those yeah. we are, we are well rid of yeah. at least in this part of the world and hopefully eventually the rest of the world. Oh God. Um, and that I'm not holding us blameless since we like the cheap things that we buy. I'm just saying it's sure. a thing that we should all. And then we have get rid of the together. lights on right now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so just for not, not for nothing. <laughs> Pro-child labor. I'm pretty <laughs> sure she was pro-child labor. Yeah, uh, it was good for them. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm I'm, guessing if she was alive today and we asked, there might be a build character argument somewhere. Uh, <laughs> Yikes. <clears throat> Why else have children if they don't provide you money? Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. This question's silly. Put the kids back to work. <laughs> Why are you asking me instead of working? I don't remember giving you a cigarette break. You're not allowed to be out here. <laughs> <laughs> I locked those doors. Um, so that's one thing. Then I just had all the money that is talked about in the book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Henry, I believe, is the oldest child. Yeah. Gets $10 for doing odd jobs for the doctor. Oh, wow. Oh. Then all of the kids, like I mentioned, pick cherries, mm-hmm. and they get $4 from that. Wow. And uh, Henry protests that that is too generous. And I will say the $10 is like multiple days, multiple. He gets like a dollar here, yeah. $2 here, $4, whatever. Uh, then he actually wins a race. They have like a local like field day and he wins a race and the prize is 25 bucks. Wow. Oh. And the uh, dollar, the reward from the grandfather is 5,000. Whoa. Okay. In the beginning of the book in the twenties version, they took $4 and some change from their dad's pocket. So let's go <laughs> from, a dead, from a dead man. From a dead pocket. man. <laughs> if, uh, from 1924, that $4 that he gives them for picking cherries all day is $58. Okay. That's not a great wage for picking cherries all day. Um, and then in the 40s, actually, and this is odd, there was some deflation, obviously, in the t- between the 20s and 40s. <laughs> what yeah. happened in there? Yeah, just pick a, pick a random thing that maybe could have caused that. So it's actually $60 if they had given it to them in the 40s. Oh. There's more Ooh. inflation from the 40s on than from the 20s. 
from, from the 20 version year, yeah. given the intervening decrease, basically. Sure. So that's that. The other $10 he's earned uh, is worth 145 from the 20s, what? or 150 from the 40s. Okay. Well, so I just want to take a pause here and say, so over a week, basically, you don't really get the, maybe it's a little longer, maybe, uh, no, it reads like it's a couple of weeks. Yeah. This doctor has effectively given him 200 bucks for, like, doing odd jobs. Do we get a sense of how big the town is? Uh, it's the biggest town because, uh, according to, they, they wind up near the biggest town because, according to the apathetic family people that like drive by them they don't think the kids will go there because it's too far away yeah and it's too big so they go to the next closest town and they're like mm. we're gonna go to the further one so those adults who aren't trying very hard will never find us but you don't get an impression of next biggest town over is five thousand or fifty thousand okay yeah. i don't get i mean not huge it had a i mean presumably that train car was left over from a, a railroad that ran near or through it so big sure. enough to deserve that Mm-hmm. But, but mean, back then, also sprout, that was sprout up, towns sprout up around railroads. The other thing is it could, you know. Well, well, also like it wasn't. It's not uncommon for very small towns to right. have access to railroads back for then. Sure. Like my hometown of five hundred people had a major railway like going through it yep, at that's one what point. I'm so like, and whether that could be chicken egg either way, it could have been that they yeah. put a stop there because there was a small town and they needed to put a stop there. It could have been they put a stop there for to change trains and then a, a town built up around, around it. it. But yeah. Like, there's yeah. a lot of different way, but point is like, yeah, I don't know if we get the impression it's the biggest one in the area, but I don't know if that means again, <clears> I'm just wondering like 5,000. I'm just wondering though, like if it, depending on the time and the size of the town, like if he is the doctor, like he oh, kind he of has like well a off. micro monopoly and like would be well off because of it. But and also, you, do we think that giving ten two hundred dollars to a kid for doing odd jobs around the neighborhood for like a couple weeks is a lot? I do. Yeah. For like what he does, I g- agree. Four kids picking cherries all day for fifty bucks seems very reasonable. Low. Oh really? All day? I mean, maybe Four kids? okay. So maybe maybe it should be a little more. But you get the well. I mean, he's like, whoa, that's way too much. Is what Henry says in the book uh-huh. on that one specifically. But maybe it's too little. Maybe it's too much. But like that one, I'd argue is in the ballpark. But over like the other five or six days, that little chores he does to give him a hundred and fifty, I don't know. I guess I'm just thinking about like babysitting is like twenty bucks an hour minimum for yeah. like watching a kid, and like you maybe would mow a lawn for twenty bucks. I mean, even when I was mowing lawns, and this was years ago, like twenty was probably on the low side, right? Like yeah. I would often, I think I charge like twenty five bucks a week, and I know a couple of neighbor kids who charge like thirty. Yeah. No, I weed whacked and edged, but I mean, that that doesn't have anything to do with what we're doing. But my <laughs> service, it was, my service it was, was better. Quality, is what I'm saying. Like uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> Going to buy a domain. Uh, but here's, I guess, here's the dichotomy in my head. Um, you're right. Maybe that's not as wacky as I think it is, um, mm-hmm. given what he's doing. But he do- it does imply that they're, like, scraping by. Yeah. And, like, every day he comes back with, like, a thing, like a, a, gla- a, a bottle, bottle of milk. And that Benny drinks half of by himself. <laughs> <laughs> and like a block of cheese. And that like supplements the berries they find in the woods. Yeah. And like, or he'll bring like a thing of, uh, he'll, they buy like bread and then they supplement it with 
right. berries or cool river dog water meat or whatever. After- <laughs> yeah. So like, I don't. Know, I guess the dichotomy for me is. It sounds if your only expense is food, and you get two hundred dollars in a week, it feels like you could buy more than like four gallons of milk, three loaves of bread, and a hunk of cheese. I mean, they have right? to send Benny to school, so <laughs> can't Benny, spend all that money. You should have let Benny go to the saying. orphanage. It seems like maybe they're socking away some money, I guess, for like a for rainy a eventual day. house I to don't repair know. the roof on the boxcar. <laughs> yeah. For coal during the winter? I yeah. don't really know, but... I mean, if they're smart, they would be saving, if they can. But that's just, like, that's more the dichotomy. It's not how much money it was or how much money it wasn't. Um, although I would argue it seemed high to me, but more of just the, where's the rest of this money going if he's buying... If they're buying $4... $40 worth of supplies over the week and achieve 200 I was going to say, in the book that I read, he goes into town with a dollar and comes back with two bottles of milk, a loaf of bread, and a hunk of cheese. That's okay. a dollar. So if that's if that's a dollar, and that's maybe very possible in the time, given at least the in the twenties. Yeah. yeah, and they, he makes fourteen dollars. You're good. Yeah, so you're implying like, what is he doing with the other eleven? He doesn't spend over. He's the got course a second that family week. that he has to visit. Like, they don't yeah. talk about Flame and Jan. Very His three often other brothers and sisters. <laughs> He's three other brothers and sisters. His Canadian ones yeah. who live in the attic. Yes. Oh man. Yeah. What are they doing with that money? Especially then, because to layer on the next thing. He wins a $25 race, which is the equivalent of either $360 or $380. That's a chunk of money. Right. So That's like, a part-time job. And by the way, it's a silver cup that comes with it, which I didn't even bother to value. But like, Because they didn't. They drank out of it, I'm sure. <laughs> chalice. But, <laughs> yeah. but like, yeah, what? They have a lot of money. Yeah. And and they don't really I think these kids do are dumb. anything with it. I think that they're like, all of the adults are out to get us. And also, money would be great if and they, they just use it to pay about, for the like, bed. all these things they want. They're like, we have our broken cups. But, like, they're broken in ways that are still drinkable from. And we, like, found a little uh, tablecloth. But it sure would be nice if we could get, like, a pot. Like, go fucking you buy one. You could go buy a pot. <laughs> yeah. Wait. You can't have it. You have... Uh, Whatever that is, $39, which is like a fortune in this day and age. But if they go into the department store to buy the pot, then the the adults that are still looking for them will find them. Again, Henry seems old enough that it wouldn't be odd for him to just wander in and be like, my ma sent me to pick up a new pot. Well, I'm here to get a new pot. He seems old enough to be like, have been responsibly, like it would not have been irresponsible for a parent to be like, here's $2, go to the local store and pick us up a Get pound a of salted thing. meat or whatever. And some cigarettes for your trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but come back, unlike your dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're very good with money, but maybe Henry has a second family. Because I don't, I really can't. Or think Henry's of skimming off the top, he and like probably he does an odd job. Then he goes to the house of ill repute down the oh. street, oh. and then he comes back to I his brothers say, and sisters. Why, Henry? Your clothing looks so nice. <laughs> are those new shoes, Henry? <laughs> Henry, some of us are barefoot. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I need it for my job. Yeah, I go to work and I work all day. I just want something nice for me. I can enjoy this whiskey just by myself. <laughs> <laughs> and then the terrible spiral that his dad started. Exactly. It's genetic. It you is know. genetic. It is. Um, <laughs> so or environmental. Either one would be uh, problematic if you grew up in that family. Yeah. yeah. Um, do they don't speak about any other expenses aside from like this first grocery trip though? Like really, I've only gotten a third grocery trips, but all of them are simi- similarly modest. Of like. 
milk and cheese milk, and cheese bread. I think at one point he gets like some stew meat and they make a stew. They do find a pot at the dump. Yeah, so it's yeah. like, but it's like very basic necessities. You don't get the impression that they're like, I don't recall them like buying any shoes or doing anything that like might up their expenses significantly. Yeah. Not that I heard. I think they get a little bit of food for the dog, but I think it's like they feed him like they feed him scraps a bone of bread, or he has like, like a bone or some bread or yeah. something. Yeah, this dog's pretty chill though. Is it three legged in the twenty version? He's not three legged. He's got a, he's oh got no, a, he has a thorn in his thorn. That's right. You're right. It wasn't. He wasn't three legged in the other one. He just has like a limp that yeah, they he fix bounces up. along. So Which also that. would be like, that dog's going to die. Then there's the... Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but you can't keep That's him from getting get an infection. Yeah. Yeah. If that, he hasn't you already. You watch that it's paw fall Wrapped off. it in wet cloth, you told me. Yeah, yeah. they soak it in they the They soak brook. it in like the brook and wrap it around his foot. And they're and like, they that talk, probably will be fine. They talk about how his paw is like really hot too. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to die. I'm maybe so it was, sorry. Maybe it was three-legged in my memory because I realized that in the real world, they would have cut that leg off. When, when, like, they bring him back to grandfather and be like, can we keep the dog? Yeah, but we have most to get rid of, of that sepsis. <laughs> you can yeah. keep most of the dog, but that paw is a goner. <laughs> Someone oh get me my, my gardening shears. I'll take care of this dog. We'll get you a new one. <laughs> one that's not so broken. <sighs> this dog's going to a farm upstate, but we can get a dog. <laughs> Poor dog. Did they name it? Yeah. Uh, Jack, I want to say. Jack? Benny, too. Benny, Benny, too. Because he, <laughs> he eats everything and contributes nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Benny is supposed to be like four yeah, in his defense. But the rest of them are like three years older than that, and they all have jobs. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, Get to work, Benny. What is... Oh, I'm on a Meet the Boxcar Children, and there's some illustrations of them that I don't necessarily agree with. Oh, watch, because he watches watch, the first yeah. night. That's what it is. Watch. Because that's when the doctor comes around and like investigates. Aren't these like weirdly not lifelike, like too lifelike? I don't. This is the uncanny valley for me. Like when you do, if you go to like the American Girl doll website and you try to get it to make a doll that looks like you, that's what it'll come up with first. (sighs) Yeah. Like a weird swap out features on a plain, like blobby head. Okay. But then there's the other side of this, which is the reward from grandfather of $5,000. For anyone who finds these kids. How much is that? Seventy-three or $76,000. Uh, almost seventy-seven, Depending on the time period. It's not enough for four kids. So yeah. <laughs> it is about 20 grand per kid. That's not enough. First of all, the doctor refuses Benny's it. Worth so I less. do think you're right. The doctor is not hurting for money. Yeah, doctor's fine. Uh, if it were that baker lady who was like, ah, oh, fuck these kids. Yeah. She's like, oh yeah, definitely. Also, why would the baker lady want those kids to work in her shop when instead she could go get 70 grand? By turning them in. She hated those kids so much <laughs> that she wanted a pound of flesh. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, wouldn't it be more effective to get 80 grand and hire some people? No, I want these children to suffer. I look at these stupid Because I faces. want them to work because child labor laws are wrong. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, this woman was very pro-child labor. Yeah. So here's the deal. That was either correct because grandfather was moderately wealthy and that was an extremely nice reward and the doctor was kind of him to not take it. And the doctor was way wealthier than the, the grandfather? Possible. I don't need your pennies. But it's implied that he's a steel magnate. Oh, The grandfather. Oh. He oh, like They talk about him owning some mills. You pay me to take the children back. That's how this works. <laughs> Honestly. This is what's that guy that they did all those movies about? Getty. Getty. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there is like some, I mean, you don't know if he owns a mill or many, but like, 
Carnegie, I looked him up just for comparison. Carnegie, there's a reason there's a Carnegie Hall. He sold his steel company for $492 million, <gasps> which in today's money is $15 billion. Yikes. They estimate right now, if he had like kept it, it'd be worth $372 billion. Jesus. That's almost now one again, Jeff Bezos. It's probably, <laughs> it's probably... They're probably trying to imply grandfather isn't quite a Carnegie. But but I'm wondering I how see, much he wanted these kids back. I don't remember him doing any work in any of the novels that follow no, it. No, he is clearly, and, like, and he has, like, people who maintain his house. I remember yeah. that distinctly because they, like, pal around with the cook and butler and oh various other uh, serving <clears throat> people. And they also travel around and do, like, just whatever, like... Yeah, Not he a finances thought. a bunch of like, oh, we'll just go to the shore for a week and rent yeah, a house there. And a European live. vacation episode or where yeah. they go to yeah. Disney World like they do on every ABC show. Yeah, exactly. So like, I don't know. I uh, I don't want to cast dispersions on grandfather here. But also. But cast bad, away, Dan. Yeah, how bad did he want those kids So back? here's what I would. So <laughs> this leads me to an interesting discussion I want to have with you that we can we can use to wrap up here. Go on. And I don't Gather know. Gather around the fire. I haven't done Dan. any real research on this, but what is the economics of rewards? <laughs> and hear me out. Hear, you can't see this, but Dan just sat forward <laughs> in his chair and folded his arms like a, like a man about to talk about something very serious. Hear my thesis, though. Let's say I had a billion dollars. Good. And my uh, child ran away. Let's say he wasn't kidnapped, at least not seemingly, but ran away. Mm hmm. I could give my billion dollars f as a reward to find my child, right? But then if I find the child, I have no billion dollars and my child lives more poorly, right? Mm -hmm. okay. So at some point, there's probably a diminishing return where if I offered up, but let's, but in all seriousness, if I offered a hundred million dollars, that would motivate 99.9% 9 .9 of people on earth to find this child. And I don't think offering a billion would make them 10 times more motivated to find my child. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes. And then I would conserve... So I think there is a point, and I don't know sure. what that point is. Because if you're not careful, you do run into the Getty argument of, like, if I pay ransom on my child, then I'll just be paying ransom on all my children forever, right. and then I'll go broke. Right. <laughs> and so there is, like... for, And I don't know what this number is, but let's say Grandpa is offering $80,000, mm -hmm. and he could be offering $150,000. All the local people are going to be very enthused to find these children for $80,000. Yeah. So is he being cheap or is there just some calculus here of like, I don't need to what offer is offering? More. Like if they're going to be found, this amount will do it. And if they're dead in the woods somewhere, offering more is not going to like get them to me. Sure. Interesting. That's yeah. my argument here. I This is callous, but I imagine that there is actual actuarial like... Oh, oh work yeah, done. like hostage negotiators for sure, like even would talk about that kind of thing. Yeah, of like this is, I'm sure that like when this happens to families that are able to do that, like their insurance agent is like, this is the point at which like your optimum return is going to happen. Yeah, like you know? this is the point that like, and again, to be clear, 
if I was, let's say, reverse the situation. Let's say I think I needed to offer five million to find my child, and I had five million. Of course, you would offer the full five million. Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying that at some point there is some amount that you're like. Well, I want them to come back and then still be able to treat them well when they get back. But not even that. There's also just a point where if I offer more, it's it, not no going more to work make, is going to get accomplished. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. help. It's not people aren't coming from across the globe. To find these children, like at this point, everyone who could be mobilized of value has been sufficiently incentivized, and there it is. I agree with that. The only thing that might, I actually think, if you were going to structure a reward more valuably, is maybe a X amount per person who contributes. Oh. Because then you're incentivizing people to work together instead of working separately or like yeah. kidnapping right. them from one person who's trying to or yeah, yeah or anything like but if it's like a million dollars first come first serve and i think damon's right that they're in this section of the woods but he doesn't know about this cave i know about then i'm incentivized to like not help you him. Tell him but yeah. if it's yeah. like hey we work together to bring these kids in and we each get a million well then especially in the days of the internet there will probably be some group that gets together to pool resources which is likely to be more effective than me tromping through the woods Hope, just yelling on your their, own. just yelling their names you, you know have to I mean? set a cap on that but for sure yeah i mean again yeah if the whole internet gets in on it and 50 million people help and like at what point can you not pay but everybody like everybody gets a half a dollar there is probably something to that of like incentivizing people to work together because yeah. i can imagine there would be some people by definition of like i'm gonna get that million dollar reward screw you well, that that's you want to avoid exactly that's when you wind up with the grandmama it's me anastasia mm -hmm. of like if you just have one reward and everyone's trying to like convince you you have the kid yeah right so on one hand grandpa might be evil and terrible and just not care that much about having these kids back or he might have talked to his insurance agent who said listen Five thousand and one dollars or five thousand, you're getting the same result. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a feeling based on the information about the grandfather coming from a iffy source before that these kids maybe have misinterpreted the kind of person he is. And, oh, I mean he shows yeah. that in the rest of the books that he's like a kind and supportive man who Yeah. Lets them live in a shack if they want. Right. Um so they don't break his fab jay. Also, a school teacher has no idea how much like a steel magnet would have. <laughs> Correct. Like, also possible. <laughs> or that's how much she'd pay for four kids. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the limit. That's how much one year of their labor would be worth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's done the math of what a year's worth of coal, wine, coal mining wages are, and it determined how much value they have. Uh, anyway, well, if you want to read a book that's got some interesting uh, Points of view. stories about <laughs> child labor, check out the Boxcar Children, especially the 1924 version. 27? 24? 24. 24. 24 and 42. And 42. Whoa. Yeah. Flip that number. <laughs> Mind blown. Thanks for listening to Make Believe Money. I've been Liz. I've been Damon. <laughs> I've been Dan. I like that you said that joke and went, well, that means we're out of material. That's done. That's Liz, that's, that's Liz running on steam. That's four hours of podcasting. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, as always, please rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts or your podcatcher of choice. Thanks as always to our composer, Charles E. Miller, for her music. Email us with your thoughts and feelings and maybe other like kids' book series that you'd like us to delve into at Make Believe yeah, Money Podcast. Yeah, I enjoyed podcast. this. It was kind of fun. Yeah. yeah. Make Believe Money Podcast at gmail.com for all your kids' book needs. Uh, and we'll see you next time on Maybe Make Believe. All your kids' all book of them. needs. We, we don't are your sell new them. Scholastic Book Club. <laughs> okay, bye.